Amen, amen. Round of applause for the praise and worship team. Amen. Uh, fantastic job. Uh, amen. God is good. Can you say amen in this place, sir? Amen, amen. How am I meant to follow up Brother Nelson's testimony like that, huh? I don't have a song for you, so amen. Let's turn on our Bibles, uh, amen, to Mark uh, chapter 10. Uh, amen. We're going to be looking at a few verses of Scripture in Mark chapter 10. A very good voice, by the way, just throw it out there. Amen, amen, yes. Yes, Brother Nelson. Was that an audition or was that, was that, <laughs> what was that? <laughs> yeah, was it? <laughs> that was an application right there for you. Praise and worship, amen. Mark chapter 10. You know, as I was um, uh, preparing this sermon, I was reminded, I was reminded of a time where uh, me and my lovely wife was on a, on a hot date, amen, all right now. Yes, you got to date your wife. Can you say amen in this place? You got to date your wife. Come on now, who's had a date with their wife before? Come on now, all the married men say amen in this place. Oh, just me then, all right, all right. Well, Revelation, married men, date your wife, please. (laughs) She wants to date, can you say, all right, all the married women say amen? Hey, that's what I'm just saying. Hey, they speak, all right. But on this date, during this conversation, uh, um, I remember speaking to her, you know, looking into her eyes, uh, um, and she heard a cry, and her her countenance changed. She lifted up her eyes and she got up and went. <laughs> and I was like, love, what? where on earth are you going? Like, what are you doing? She said, Naomi's crying. I was like, listen, there's like about 15 kids over here. Like, like, could be any one of them crying. She's like, no, Naomi's crying. I heard her cry and I'm going to go do something about it. I was like, nah, come on. There's, there's loads of kids crying. And sure enough, she went uh, and she heard her child's cry. I have all these 15 kids, and I was like, man, that is absolutely amazing that you, in front of all this, you can hear your child's cry. And as I was preparing this sermon, I was thinking about that, hearing the cries. And how many know our Father in heaven hears our cry? Can you say amen in this place? Our Father in heaven is able to distinguish when we cry out. So I want to preach a sermon of entitled, God Hears Your Cry. Out of Mark chapter 10, verse number 46, we're going to start here. The Bible says that, Now they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and said, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabboni, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, go your way, your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Can you say amen in this place? What a wonderful story. I want to talk to you first of all 
about the cry. You see, because this is a familiar portion of Scripture. It's a familiar story. is detailing one of Jesus's many miracles on his earthly mission when he walked the earth. And this particular miracle or account was recorded in three out of the four Gospels. Matthew says there's actually two blind men. So it could have been him and a friend. Luke mentions one blind man, but the statement he says is a certain blind man. And here in Luke, we're given the name that is Bartimaeus, who is the one that's calling out. But they all capture a specific detail in the fact that he was crying out, crying out. Now, there's a difference that we need to just uh, differentiate, uh, the difference between just crying and crying out. There is a difference and it's significant because just crying has its place. People cry for different reasons. They cry for pain. They cry for distress. Um, people, some people cry for loss. Um, some people cry for joy. I mean, I don't cry for joy. I laugh for joy. I don't really cry for joy. I remember when my children was born, for some reason, everyone asked me, and it's usually uh, some of my friends, they said, listen, did you cry when your baby came? I was like, no, I smiled, I laughed, I, and I grabbed them and stuff like that. But some people cry for joy. It's, a prob- it's not a problem, it's just an expression. But the thing about crying is, crying is uh, internal, it has no direction. Crying is just crying, you're just crying. Or what are you crying for? You're just crying. It's, it's, it has no direction, whereas crying out is directed. Crying out is normally directed at something or someone and it's usually talking about a cry for help. You need to get the attention of somebody saying, listen, I need attention right now. So crying out has a purpose. Crying out has a direction. I remember my uh, Naomi as she was growing up, uh, uh, she was getting interaction with dogs. Now, one of the things with dogs is, you know, they, they like to play and she didn't realize one of the like, games they like to play was chase. And a dog, my, my, my neighbor, bless him, a little cute little dog called Daisy, came out of the front garden. We came out the same time. And here he is, this dog, locked eyes with Naomi. Naomi locked eyes with the dog. And it's like, freeze. And then the dog started to run. Just, to, you know, just happy, started to run. And the thing what Naomi did instinctively was run. And then the dog is like, oh, it's playtime. And then the dog was chasing her. She was running. They were running around in circles. What she was doing, she was crying out, Daddy, Daddy. And I was like, I was like stop running. Stay still. And she's like, Daddy, running fast. The dog was chasing faster. Happy, happy. And she was just crying out. And then she cried out with this loud cry. I was like, okay, let me, let me go grab her up and say, look, you know, he's not going to kill you and so on and so forth. But what, what I remember is her cry. She cried out and it was directed. She was like, I need help. I need you to help. Stop laughing at me. I need you to help do something about this. She was crying out, has some direction. And the Greek word behind it here, it paints the picture of it. It describes a a speaking out with a loud voice. It isn't quiet. It isn't cute. It isn't very pretty. It's, It's just crying out. And the reason I say that is because God hears the cries of his people. Can you say amen in this place? All throughout the Bible... We see God hearing on responding to the cries of his people. Listen to Exodus 2 and 23. Uh, The Bible says, Then the children of Israel groaned because of their bondage and they cried out. And their cry came up to God because of their bondage. And verse number 24 says, So God heard their groaning. 
God heard, God in heaven. Think of that, God the creator of the universe. Listen, this earth can't even contain him and he heard the cry of mere human beings. We see 2 Kings and 20, we have a king called Hezekiah who was sick and a prophet came to his house trying to deliver a word of God. And how many know, listen, if you're sick and a prophet comes to your house, you're like, praise God, what word do you have for me? What word do you give? What good tidings do you bring? And Isaiah the prophet came to him and said, thus says the Lord, set your house in order for you shall die and you shall not live. I don't know about you, but I don't want one of those prophecies. Can you say amen in this place? But that's what happened to Hezekiah. And what was his response? He cried out to the Lord. He literally turned, the Bible says, faced the wall and cried out to the Lord. And the Bible says in verse number 5 of 2 Kings 20, it says, I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears and surely I would hear you. A God in heaven who first said, listen, this is it for you. After he cried out, said, okay, I hear your cries. I hear your prayers and I'm going to do something on your behalf. Listen, reoccurring throughout the Bible. In the book of Judges, for example, it says when the children of Israel cried out, the Lord raised up a deliverer because they cried out. Listen, God hears your cries. Can you say that this morning? People walking out, Peter saw it walking out on the water. Wonderful miracle. You know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask one of the first ones I'm going to speak to is Peter. Saying, Peter, what was that like? You jumped out of boat and you was walking on water. What did it feel like? How was you? And he'll be like, yeah, but that was me. That was me at water, yeah. You know what I mean? There's going to be a long line in Peter. Everyone's going to be asking Peter that question. But you remember the story as he does that. He begins, the Bible says, he looks around and he sees the wind is boisterous. And he starts to forget that Jesus is there. And now he's looking at the problems, the issues of life. And that's when he begins to sink. And when he begins to sink, what did he do? cried out said Lord save me and it was then that Jesus stretched out his hand and pulled him up listen he cried out and that's when Jesus came and rescued him listen the psalmist said in Psalms 18 and verse number 6 this in my distress I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God and he heard my voice from his temple and my cry came before him even to his ears. Listen, the psalmist is saying that the God in heaven is listening to me. The God in heaven hears with his ears the cries that I have. He's hearing me and he's able to do something. He's able to intervene. God hears our cry. Listen, I know that's something simple but I'm saying if you scratch beneath the surface it's actually profound that the God of heaven the creator of the universe hears your cry he hears your cry God hears our cry now I want to look at secondly this man Bartimaeus because here when you look at this wonderful story this wonderful illustration we get the conditions of a miracle We see a miracle takes place. And if you look at this story, we see the conditions of a miracle, how the miracle actually unfolds, what actually happened and what was the result. And I want to look with you about the conditions of a miracle from blind Bartimaeus. So in verse number 48, the Bible says, Then many warned him to be quiet. And he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now we... You know, for many people here, this story is not uh, new, it is familiar. But have you ever wondered why the people would be so cruel like that? 
What's your problem? Just if the guy's crying out, let him cry out. But they said, listen, they rebuked him. They said, be quiet, quiet down. What is going on here? And I ever wonder, what is, what is the point? Why are you trying to silence this person? Well, when you look through the surface, you understand the culture of that day. The people were very self-centered. You see, because in those days, the custom was that rabbis and teachers would, would go. And as they go, as they walk to their destination, they would teach, they would exhort So they usually had people around them, crowds around them, trying to hear what they would say. So as Jesus was going, no doubt he had a crowd around him and he was speaking to the people. So they're trying to hear what Jesus is saying. They want to get the revelation for themselves. And here this man is saying, son of David, have mercy on me. All they can hear is some guy shouting. They can't hear Jesus no more. So they're saying, listen, be quiet. This is for me. We don't care about you. I want to get Jesus. This is for me. Listen, I want to hear Jesus for myself. Be quiet. So they wanted to hear Jesus. They wanted to hear, get some nuggets. But they was trying to quiet this man out. But this man had persistence. He was not willing to be silenced and not willing to miss his opportunity. Listen, it would have been nice if he'd have missed that opportunity. He wasn't just one of those ones saying, listen, it'll be great if I meet Jesus. It'll be wonderful. No, it was a desperation. And he had persistence to say, I'm going to continue you on no matter how it looks no matter how my friends may look at me I'm going to continue on crying out for Jesus because he was desperate to see Jesus and what I want to pull out of the scripture here is that when you have a desperation like that it has an effect because our Bible says when Jesus heard this he stood still now when I read that for someone when I read that that part of scripture jumped out at me because here we see Jesus Jesus was not just on earth for no reason. He had a mission. Can you agree with that? Can you say amen to that? He was busy. Right now he's going to Passover. He's going to a place. He's going to celebrate Passover and he's got a mission to do. He's only got a small window to save the whole universe. So he had things to do. But as he was going, he heard the desperation of blind Bartimaeus and he heard him not willing to be stopped by anybody crying out. And as Jesus was on target to do something, the desperation of Bartimaeus made Jesus cry. Stop. You know, your cry can make the God of your universe stop. When you cry out with a desperation saying, God, I'm desperate for you. God, I'm dependent upon you. There's no one else. There's nothing else. When you come to God like that, when you realize God who is, who he says he is, listen, that kind of cry can make Jesus stop for you. Can you say amen in his place? Who here wants Jesus Christ to stop for them? Come on, we need to understand the significance of this. The God of the universe, I'm sure he's busy doing things, but he was able to say, no, 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 because of this, because of his desperation, because of his trust in me, I'm going to stand still. Jesus stood still, stopped what he was doing, stopped his agenda to come speak to blind Bartimaeus. He had persistence. Second thing I want to look at is that he had faith. You know, Bartimaeus referred to Jesus as the son of David. 
And here we know that is a messianic title. He is referring to Jesus um, as the son of David. We see in Jeremiah 23 and verse number 5, the Bible says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will rise to David, a branch of righteousness. A king shall reign and prosper and execute judgment and righteousness in all the earth. Uh, listen, this is, this is one of many, many messianic uh, scriptures uh, that points to the, the Messiah coming out of the line of David. So when Jesus, or when Bartimaeus, excuse me, was saying, Jesus, son of David, what he's actually saying is like, Jesus, I know exactly who you are. And more importantly, saying, Jesus, I believe who you are. So he is showing his faith. He's saying, Jesus, I know you're not just a good man. I know you're not just a good teacher. You are much more than that. You are the son of David. You are the son of the living God. You are the Messiah that we've been waiting for. And I'm crying out to you. So Jesus recognized that and saw the man's faith because we know at the end of the scripture he said it was his faith that made him well. Well this is one of the things that showed his faith. He said Jesus you are the son of David. Can you say amen in this place? Because many people are confused about the identity of Jesus Christ. There's many different religions even some claiming to be called Christians um, who are uh, confused about who Jesus Christ is. And I say this many times in many different sermons uh, because it is the central point. It is the foundation. If you try and demote Jesus Christ to anything else apart from God in the flesh, uh, then you don't know who Jesus Christ is. And if you don't know who Jesus Christ is, uh, you've lost this whole relationship He said, Jesus, son of David, I know exactly who you are. I know the power that you possess. I know what you've come to do. And all I'm asking him is that you have some mercy on me. Listen, I know you're busy right now. I know you've got plans. You've got something to do. But before you go, don't pass me by. I'm asking for some mercy. Can you say amen in this place? And God is able to hear a cry like that and stop and turn around and say, because of your faith, because you've identified who I am, I'm going to come and show you my power. I'm going to come and show you my glory. Listen, when you cry out to God, when you cry out, identify him as the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Identify him as who he says he is. Listen, when Jesus taught us to pray, the Bible says we start saying, our Father. That's identification right there. Letting God know, you know who he is. And when he sees that, he'll see the faith that you possess. Listen, God is the Father, the Creator, and he wants to move on your behalf. Cry out to him with faith and he will stand still. Can you say amen in his place? One of the other things that I looked at and pulled out of the scripture is blind Bartimaeus' response. So Jesus now is going. He stood still. And they said, listen, Jesus is calling. Jesus said, come. He's calling you. And verse number 50, the Bible says, throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. This was an immediate response. He didn't linger around after the call of Jesus. And as Jesus called him, it shows willingness. It shows intent. It says, Jesus, you called me. Listen, I'm coming straight to you. Now, I wish my children would read that verse and get some inspiration. Now, those of you with kids know exactly what I'm talking about. Because sometimes, sometimes you call your child by their name. And they go on as if they didn't even hear you. I'm like, Naomi, Micah, 
And sometimes I get their names mixed up because there's a few of them. Re- Rebecca, Benjamin, I call them by their name. And either I get no response because they, 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 they're going on, they're, they're doing something, they don't want to get distracted. Or I get this response. I'm coming. I'm looking at my watch. I'm, like, I'm, I'm sure I called you like five minutes ago. I call you again. Naomi, I'm coming. You're not coming, don't tell. And that's one thing. You're not coming. Don't tell me you're coming when you're not coming. Listen, I call you. I want you to come immediately. Because sometimes, listen, God can be knocking on our doors. God can be calling us. And we'll be like, yeah, I'm coming. Let me just sort out my life first. I'm coming. Let me just sort out my marriage first. I'm coming. Let me just get my career on the way. Get my university studies out the way. I'm coming. But listen, blind Bartimaeus' response was saying, Jesus called him. He threw aside everything and said he ran to Jesus. That's the response we need to have when Jesus Christ knocks on your door. Don't tell him I'm coming. Say, I'm there right now. Can you say amen in this place? Because many times we make excuses. And sometimes we use good things to make excuses. Look at Luke uh, chapter 14. It reminds me of the parable that Jesus uh, spoke about, the great supper. And we look at verse uh, number uh, uh, 18 to 20. The Bible says, but they all with one accord began to make excuses. This is after the master of the ceremony invited people out. He said, they made excuses. The third said to him, I've bought a piece of ground. I must go and see it. I'll ask you to have me excused. Another said, I've bought five yoke of oxen. I'm going to test them. I'll ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife. Amen now. And therefore I cannot come. That one always ticks me off. Sometimes I see people going hard for God when they're single, on fire for God when they're single, they're in prayer for God when they're single, on outreach. They're doing everything. You can't stop them. They get married. It's like, where'd this brother go? Hey, come on. When I read Genesis, I don't know, it's not in the notes. When I read Genesis, God said, I'm going to create a helper. In other words, the helper is going to help you do what you was doing. Not hinder you. He didn't say, I'm going to create a hinderer to hinder you from doing what you was doing. So now we pick up all sorts of excuses. I'm married. I've just bought a house. I've just bought a car. I've just bought a land. Those things are good, but it should not distract you from the call of Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is calling you, listen, drop whatever you need to drop and go on to say, God, here am I. I'll bring your whole family with you. Don't let anything take you away, distract you. When he called blind Bartimaeus, he said, listen, I'm dropping everything aside. He threw away his garment. And you have to think about the garment uh, uh, commentators say uh, that garments uh, were very important back in the day uh, and beggars used to wear similar garments so you would recognize them as a beggar and he says listen I don't need that anymore he threw off his old identity that's not me no more I leave that one on the roadside Jesus has called me I'm going on to bigger and better things can you say amen in this place uh, I'm going from glory to glory I don't need this stuff anymore and some people say you, they use their garments to lay on the road so people can throw money in so you can say that was important to him. He said, listen, all I need is Jesus. We sang the song today that Christ is enough. All that I will need is in Jesus Christ. And that's the mentality that blind Bartimaeus had. He said, all I need is in that man right there. You can have my garments. You can have my begging spot. I'm going to see Jesus. Can you say amen in this place? He was ready to say, Jesus, I want to be new. Jesus, I want to become blood washed. Jesus, I want to cast aside every sin and every weight. 
and come into your presence. I love what Paul said in Philippians 3 in verse number 8. It says, Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ. Paul is saying, if I can gain Christ, I count everything else as rubbish. Some translations say dung. I count everything else as loss because I have gained Christ. That was blind Bartimaeus' response. Another last part I want to look at in his uh, uh, line or the, the, uh, what constitutes a miracle is that he knew exactly what he wanted. Look at verse number 51. So Jesus answered and said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him that I may receive my sight. Now you see, he wasn't just crying for the sake of it. He came to a place of definite desperation. He was desperate for something specific. It wasn't just a general. You know, sometimes our prayer can be general. Sometimes we pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, have your hand on me. And those prayers are good, but sometimes they can just be too general. Sometimes we come to God and it's just general. We hold back. Listen, sometimes you need to lay it out before God and say, God, if it's money you need, pray for money. Come on, if it's comfort, you need pray for comfort. It's security. If it's a house, you need pray for a house. Listen, we need to come before God, be specific for what we want. Listen, the nice prayers are all nice, but sometimes when you're desperate, you're saying, God, you need to move in this situation because if you don't move, listen, I'm finished. Listen, those nice general prayers won't cut it all the time. You need to come to God with a specific time, a specific need before God and say, this is what I need. This is what I want you to do. I could ask Jesus, yeah, can you give me 10 pounds? Can you give me 100 pounds? But how many know that's going to end? He wanted living water. He wanted something that will never change or never end. People are walking around asking for things, the same old things that don't change their life. People are walking around blind asking, listen, can I have this and can I have that no what you need is a touch from Jesus Christ listen what Peter says silver and gold I do not have but what I do have I give to you rise up in the name of Jesus Christ that was more than money can you say amen in this place it had a bigger effect than asking for the usual when you come to Christ don't ask for the things you've had that didn't change ask for something that completely changes your life he asked for sight he was blind but now he sees can you say amen in this place when you come to Christ ask him for something only he can do can you say amen? amen he wanted something that would change so in this wonderful story we see the conditions of a miracle we see that he had persistence we see that he had faith and we see that he was obedient to respond to Jesus Christ and we see that he had a need to be specific I want to close then with this last thought about God hearing our cries. You see, there are many people crying out. Many people crying out with all sorts of issues and problems. You know, we hear the saying, oh, that's just a cry for help. You know, we see somebody do something uh, horrible or they, uh, they, they go and get some uh, big tattoo on their face or something like that or some piercings or something like that. You know, we say, oh, it's a cry for help. You know, when we want outreach, you'll see in the way some people are dressed. It's like, man, some people look at that and say, oh, that's a cry for help. And the thing is about crying out. We said at the very beginning that crying out is directed. 
And what makes the difference is who we cry out to. That's what makes all the difference, who we cry out to. It reminds me of 1 Kings chapter 18. We see a man of God, Elijah, and the prophets of Baal. They were crying out for the whole day to a false god. Elijah set out the scene. He says, listen, let's set out, let's, let's do a challenge. Let's cry out to a God and the one that answers by fire, he is God. The prophets of Baal were crying out, crying out. All day, no response. Elijah was mocking them, saying, cry out louder. Maybe he's gone on holiday. Maybe he's using the bathroom. <laughs> cry out louder. And they start to cry out louder. They start to cut themselves. You're thinking, look at the similarities. People here cutting themselves. And Elijah was the one that cried out and God cried, or God responded with fire. You know, we need to direct people to cry out to the right direction. Because who you cry out to makes a difference. They was crying out to things that couldn't change their life. They were crying out to a God that couldn't act, a God that was dead. But when you cry out to the living God, he hears you. When you cry out to God, not only does he hear you, but he's able to do something about it. Can you say amen in this place? Because sometimes we cry out to people and they may hear us, but they can't do nothing about it. Cry out to friends, teachers, cry out to uh, social workers, counsellors. They may hear you, but they can't do anything about it. We need to cry out to God who not only hears, but has the power, has the capability to come and do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ever ask or even think. Listen to Romans 10 and verse number 12. The Bible says, For there is, there, there is no distinction between Jew or Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich to all who call upon him. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. When you call upon the name of the Lord, things happen. When you call, when you cry out to God, things happen. You know, the reason I say this in a house full of believers is because sometimes in the day and age we live in, there's many people we can actually cry to. We don't have no money, we cry out to the government. Listen, I need this. We don't have this, I cry out to the social worker. Listen, I need this. We, 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 need, we need a pay raise and cry out to the manager. Listen, manager, I need this. Sometimes we forget that we have or we can have a direct relationship with the one who flung stars into space. We can have a direct uh, access to the holy of holies. Because of what Jesus did, we can enter into the throne room and come boldly, the Bible says, and ask for mercy in our time of need. Some of us need to redirect our crying back to the Lord. And don't cry to anyone else or anything else and say, God, it's only you I'm going to cry to. Son of David, have mercy on me. People say, no, don't do that. Don't. Listen, don't let anyone quiet you down. Say, Son of David, have mercy on me. Whatever, whatever it is you're facing, God can hear your cry. 
wonderful testimony this morning. Brother Nelson saying, I almost, I almost gave up. I almost threw in the towel. I can't do this no more. Too much. The burden is too heavy. Oh, but if you would cry out to God and say, God, Son of David, Jesus, have mercy on me. Cry out with a desperation. Cry out, don't throw in the towel, but cry out to God. And say, God, I need you to move. I need you to touch. I need you to come in this situation. He will hear from heaven and he will act on your behalf. I said there's people crying out all over this city. They're crying out for help. They're doing things, going places, saying things they shouldn't, being a part of things they shouldn't, wearing things they shouldn't, putting things on they shouldn't, piercing themselves, marking up themselves. It's a cry for help. Listen, forget all of that and cry out to Jesus. Maybe you're in this place and I'm talking to you. You're crying out for help. Maybe you're in this place and you're saying, I need, I need help. I need something to change. I want to say to you today that you need to cry out to Jesus Christ in this place. And he will come with the free gift of salvation. Eternal life can be yours. If you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ, saying, Lord, Bible says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Here is your opportunity to call. If you've never been saved before, it's your opportunity to call on the name of the Lord and be saved. All the things we've done, all the worldly things we've done, maybe you're in here and you're in sin, you've you've broken God's law and you're not able to say, I'm going to make it into heaven. Well, I want to give you an opportunity to say, you can have the blessed assurance if you believe in your heart Lord Jesus, and confess with your mouth that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. If you're in this place, you're not saved, but you want to cry out to Jesus Christ to come in and do a work in you and make heaven your home. All I want you to do is lift your hand in this place. You're not saved. You want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior. You want to cry out. You're crying out for help for all different places. I'm saying cry out to Jesus in this place. Put that hand up if that's you. You want Jesus Christ to be your Lord and personal Savior. You want to experience salvation salvation. You want to experience that in this place. Put that hand up if that's you. You want Jesus Christ in your life. Maybe you're backslidden, you've fallen away. Um, you, you name the name of Christ, but you're living contrary. You're doing things you know that are not right in his house. You're doing things, you're involved in things you know in your heart this is wrong. And you want to repent. That's you. you want to come back. Put that hand up. That's you. You want repentance in this place. Um, listen, God hears your cry. God hears your cry. The cries you've cried at, at night alone in your prayer closet with your family. Listen, God hears your cry. Don't be discouraged. Don't let circumstances uh, uh, discourage you. God hears you from heaven. And not only is He hearing you, He's able, He's able to do something. He's able to intervene. 
He's able to come. Let's continue to cry out to him because he hears. Listen, let's direct our cries back to him and him alone in this place. Listen, if you want to come and make some decisions right here, right now, you want to come in this place, these altars are open. You want to come find a place to pray. Listen, come to these altars. Let's find a place to cry out to him. Let's cry out to him again. Maybe there's things you've prayed for in the past and you've stopped because you've not seen any change. Listen, I want today be the day that you would cry out to him again for that situation. Cry out to him again for that issue. Cry out to him again. Come, come, you want to find a place to pray. Come, don't stay in your seat. Come, find a place to pray at this altar. Let's make an altar before God this morning. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus.